Welcome guys, it's your favorite football show, The Clean Tackles Podcast. I'm your gracious host, Chike, and with the crew today, we'll be discussing Nigeria's frustrating friendly performances against Saudi Arabia and Mozambique. We'll also visit the Afghan draws, Manchester United ownership update, and a lot more. Uh, before we kick things off, as usual, we'll check in with the guys responsible for making this podcast great. Uh, Chuki, how have you been? How was your weekend? Uh, hi, Chuki. Um, yeah, it's been a good. It's been a good weekend. It's, there was no Premier League football, so um, I, I get to bask in you know, that extra week of Manchester City's defeat. But apart from that, it's been a, Nigeria was <laughs> a bit disappointing. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a calm weekend. Looking forward to the next one already. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into that. They are very frustrating, like I said. Um, uh, how about you, Bio? How's your weekend? Yeah, man, it was a pretty good weekend for me. Um, you know, plenty downtime. Was was able to reconnect with an old friend. Get reconnected with my favorite biscuits as well. Um, please, I'm begging. I'm begging pharmacies and stores worldwide. Please, import of dogs. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just just before we talk about the hobnobs, the the friend you reconnected with, uh, male gender, female gender, still well, trying to. Well, yeah, it's just yeah. A, it's just an old friend, like flash colleague, right? Oh, okay. So she was yeah. back in town. Yeah. Ah, I see, I see. Nothing serious. Are you? I, 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 okay. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Don't any reconnections this past weekend. <laughs> Buy a big invite us for wedding when it's time. <laughs> I, I'm waiting for you. Don't worry. You know, right, you know how we have to let the elders go for no, no, no problem. <laughs> when you start, we'll cross that bridge. <laughs> um, weekend is good. Um, very, very good. Um, the fact that there's no Premier League or no European leagues means that you get to rest. Um, get my trap. So uh, I just try to get um, a bit of work out of the way over the weekend. Uh, oh yes, double celebration in my family. Both of my brothers um, celebrated their birthday today. Oh, so yeah, nice. I'm wishing uh, Ife Doe and Ife Dayo happy birthday. Um, I also saw the Sporting Lagos game. You know, uh, we said it. Uh, we said it countless times that we'll try as much as possible to support. Uh, so myself and Chiki were at the stadium yesterday. Good mm. game, disappointing results, and all of that. But yeah, thirty-five long games to go. Yeah, we'll talk about that when we get into the MPFL update section. But yeah, um, nice to have you guys on on the show this weekend. Um, we'll start with the bird watch this time around. I know bird watch is usually the second part of the show, but today we'll be starting with the bird watch and of course nigeria we just had two friendlies we were recording about two three hours after the final whistle against mozambique but yeah saudi arabia 2 nigeria 2 that was on that was last week and then just today mozambique 2 nigeria 3. um Dutton, i'll start with you are there any concerns about the way we seem to take the game for granted especially in the first half of both games um okay so I don't think it's taking the game for granted. I think um, the I think the Super Eagles are not as good as a lot of us like to think that they are, right? And the determining factor or the most visible factor is the lack of cohesion in the team, right? Most of these teams that we've played against, um, even though on paper, in terms of individual quality, we might be superior in certain areas, what we lack in general is um this cohesion that a very good football inside should have right it is probably a side effect of playing our best players instead of playing our best team right now at the end of the day quality will always reign supreme and that's why we've been able to grab results in both games a draw against um saudi arabia and victory against Mozambique, despite, um, like I said, the lack of question, despite individual errors, despite, um, I don't know, you can also call it the lack of preparation and, and all of that. But um, I want to assume that between now and the Nations Cup, there's a lot of time to improve on these things. And I also want to assume that everybody can see it. Right? And by everybody, I mean like the technical crew. 
right because in the real sense of the of, of things if you don't spot a problem you cannot fix it right um i don't think going forward we're bad because one thing that's constant in both games is that we manage to create a number of chances right yeah. so i feel like if we can fix what needs fixing then super Eagles might have something for us in january especially considering the type of draw that we've gotten okay uh Chuki, going to you uh francis also he's i mean he had like terrible games across uh both friendlies uh terrible performances rather um he's yet to start a game at his club level uh this season but yet jose Pusiro seems to be sticking with him and it feels like he's going to be the number one ahead um ahead of the upcoming afcon is it a worry for you that like Dorton said we are we may not be as good as we want to think we are but you know there's some promise in this team we can perform above expectations just like we did in 2013 where we performed above expectations and that was because we had a very solid team not exactly the best individual players but a solid team but does it feel like francis ozoho is someone that can um hinder us from achieving from achieving success at the afcon so um what we start with is that yes doesn't doesn't might be right in the fact that we we have solid players but right now we don't have the team yet and it's it's very obvious there are a lot of gaps in the like in the level both games we've put out now the goalkeeper thing is very very intriguing because i i i i don't know if it was a league game or if this was if the super Eagles were a league team playing a 30 game season then i think i would understand Pesero trying to like stay with Uzoho. But he had four goalkeepers in the camp. There were four goalkeepers in the squad or that have been in this camp. Uzo had a bad or had he made a mistake against Saudi Arabia. The media, the press, the fans have been on his back. He's been shaking for a while to be fair, but then that's a high profile mistake in a game where everybody's watching. So I don't understand it. The um, and I think I think the next international break we're playing World Cup qualifiers. So then you can't really be rotating your goalkeepers anyhow. You have to be sure. And I, I really don't know, man. If if I don't think the smart decision is taking Uzoha as your number one into the Afcon in January, I don't know. Especially when you haven't tried out. Like obviously, everybody will say oh, we've tried out Maduka, we've seen Maduka. Yes, but uh, Uzoha's if nothing, he's confident. As you said, he hasn't played for his club. He hasn't started the game for his club team yet this season, which means he's going to be rusty. Which maybe that is where the errors are coming in from. Who knows? You have the guy from Israel, the, um, I've forgotten his name right now, the guy that plays for Hapwell. I don't know if Maduka, I think Maduka too has been on the bench for mm. Watford. Uh, mm. so was it without this season? I don't think so. Yeah, then, well, because of this season, I've been more in tune with Nigerian football, but I know that it's very, very far from them. They are not anywhere soon yet. But there are three goalkeepers currently in the NPFL that are like, you, they might not be, they don't have to be your number one yet. But like, we everybody knows that Nigeria has had a goalkeeper goalkeeping problem since Enyama. So I do not see any reason why one goalkeeper should hold on to the number one shape in Nigeria because none of them have proved themselves. Nobody. So if it is a thing where for every friendly game you try one, you give one a run, you see but still batting down and going to um going to war for Uzoho, I don't know. I don't think that's the right choice. And for the three people just so that I named them on this spot and people know the three people I'm talking about, there's Christian working for Sporting Lagos. Which obviously is Christian Okay, we know him. There's Kayode for Remo. I think Kayode is the keeper for Chan. He keeps yeah, for he the Mongols Eagles. It's Kayode. Yeah, then there's yeah. the guy at Bendel. Uh I've forgotten his name right now, but he had I think he was the he, he won the Golden Globe last season in the NPFL. And he already started with three clean sheets already this season. And he like he, he blew up, he made some saves in a calf in the I can't remember what competition it was. But that's when I, I he came into my eye when he made those he made he saved like two penalties in the game. And then this season, I started again with another three clean sheets. So they are just people. I just don't think sticking all your eggs in the Francis Uzoho basket will be wise, especially with Akon being so close. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's been actually playing like a basket. Um, the thing, the thing is, like you said, we we need to look beyond him because there's, um, if you want to look on the international level, there's like Tobias Lawal uh, for LASK. That might be a bit hard to get because. Um, he's an, Aust an Austrian citizen and I know those ones they have like uh, it's a bit complicated because you're not allowed to have a double citizenship except on special occasions so if he's going to change his nationality to 
Nigeria and represent us, he has to give up his Austrian passport. And I don't know if there's anybody who is willing to give up his international passport for the Nigerian one that's just been uh, being real. And then there's uh, Noah Tobulu who plays for Freiburg. I know he's also German, but you know he can play for Nigeria as well. So those are guys that we can look to outside and these two guys i mentioned they are starters for their respective clubs and like you mentioned this cardi bankley remo stars this christian monkey um Dutton, going back to you i think a few weeks ago you mentioned this same you brought up the same point that chuki just brought up um about looking inward to the mpfl to pick out goalkeepers um i don't know if you mentioned names then but you did mention that it was time to you know look inwards um right now it's just one game we have before the AFCON and I know it's a qualifier, we might not be able to take too much risk, but do you think that looking inward, getting a goalkeeper from the domestic league for, you know, to try and uh, show up that goalkeeping position, do you think it is a risk worth taking? Um, I, I was just even going to mock Chucky that it, it was sounding a bit like um, Ben Murray Bruce about the binary to Grun era and all of that, but the truth is that there is no other place to go to. Right. Um, we, we've seen. Okay, personally, I've seen Sporting Lagos and Sporting Lagos play Duma United. I've seen Sporting Lagos play um, Gumbi United. I've seen Sporting Lagos play um, Roma Stars in the last three months. Right, and I've seen three solid goalkeepers on display in all games. The Gumbi goalkeeper was very good. The Duma United goalkeeper was very good, and the Roma Stars goalkeeper was. Very good as well. I think I'm used to the Sporting Lagos goalkeeper already, so that one is like a constant, right? And it's not even in the in the simplicity of shot stopping or making saves or all of that. Those guys are complete goalkeepers. They command their areas. They're very vocal. They push their team forward. They're good in rushing out. Um, they 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 like they're on their toes, like full on concentration. And, and all of that so it's a different thing if you have um, superior quality from Europe and um, and you know that okay then as for example we have Osime, Boniface, um, Morphe and all of that so you can understand not looking inward for a striker in the league but considering what we have in the goalkeeping department I think it's a no-brainer I feel like it's like that's the easiest resort there good goalkeepers in the league that guy that uh, that stays in goal for uh promo stars is, is is a super goalkeeper right it's not even so it has proper frame structure you know it's the personality i always say that the best goalkeepers are scary goalkeepers right they're big they're covered frame they're loud so you're not comfortable staying in the six yard box even as a striker do you understand so and all these goalkeepers are like they fit into the bill for all of that so it's just a matter of i mean i understand that our league is not exactly the best everybody's just warming up to the league and all of that so maybe there might be that reluctance but i don't think we have another choice if we if we go i mean against the Saudi again people are already calling for Ozo's head and um possibly starting again today mostly as a sign of confidence as a sign of good faith or to help him regain confidence or whatever and he made another mistake again today so at one point in time you have to make that decision and drop him for someone else now as everybody has rightly said we don't have time again one more game before the nation's cup but if you're going to knockout football is brutal i remember the last um afcon where we went out to um, i think it was tunisia it was one maduka mistake right Knockout football is brutal. We beat Egypt in group stage, we nine games, um, nine points in group stage, first knockout round, and we're out. Do you understand? So we have to make sure that we leave little margins for errors. I think Posero has to make a big call now. So there's one thing that's very important, especially for that position, goalkeepers, is the confidence of your defense. The moment the back line, or let's say the five and six, the two center backs do not feel as confident in their goalkeeper anymore it, it will affect the structure of the team to affect everything because then they will drop deeper now i know it's afcon it doesn't how many people have completely with the highlight but i'm assuming nigeria will go to afcon to try and play football they always try it and now your defense are shaky they are not worried about they are worried about the keeper they're worried that oh they have to clear every ball they will not be confident in also making those saves and it's, that's why i just felt like playing him again today was just making it worse i tried with that video uh, obviously we might be misreading it but the video after the goal against Saudi Arabia, the way he looked at him, 
like this guy Haba. <laughs> Uh, things like that slap. Yeah, <laughs> things slap. like that affect <laughs> things like that affect the team. So that's that's yeah. how I, I was doing Yeah, and then you know there is also the captain, so that factored in. Um for me personally, my biggest worry is not exactly Francis Ozoho and his qualities. It's just the fact that he's always on the bench at club level. So when you're on the bench for four months you know, three months, four months, and they're heading to the to the AFCON. So let's say five, six months. There is no way you're not going to come into that tournament very, very rusty. That's six. That's five, six months, half a year on the bench. You're going to go into that tournament very rusty. So that's my biggest worry. If he was playing regularly, I think he would have been a lot sharper than he was over these past two friendlies. And the truth, the truth is that nothing is going to change between now and then. So far as he's always going to be on that bench. And like Dotton was saying uh, about the Kaide Bankole, I mean, today is even his birthday, so that's a coincidence. Um, he has kept 27 clean sheets in 55 league appearances. So he's as solid as, you know, we've been claiming on this spot. He's someone that we can look to. But then again, there's also that problem that I have with the Nigerian football. I don't know. I think we might not be on break during the AFCON. So I don't know if players or if clubs will be very willing to release their players. But I, I believe Remostas will. Oh no! I, I, I was just going to say that. I mean, it's uh, this organization is a reflection of our society because there's really no reason why there be a continental championship and a national championship yeah. supposed to be ongoing. I don't, I'm just trying to imagine the Premier League going on during um, the Euros or yeah. Do you understand? It's yeah, just yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, just to add to that, I remember last week I heard of. These friends, I said I wanted to see less of Victor Simen uh, because I wanted to see how others played, and I got my wish, but it wasn't the way I wanted. Uh, I guess that's why they say be careful what you wish for because right now he's injured, and Napoli is reporting that he'll be out for three games, and he could miss a lot more than that. Uh, when we were talking before the recording started, Dotin mentioned that anytime, anytime his, um, the Afcon comes around. Victor Simon always has one issue or the other. So hopefully this doesn't cause um, the club to withhold him from the AFCON. Moving on to the AFCON draws, uh, we were drawn in Group A alongside Ivory Coast, the hosts, Equatorial Guinea and Guinea-Bissau, whom we played in the qualifiers. Uh, Bio, what are your thoughts on the draws at the last AFCON, we were able to top our group. I think we finished with nine points. Yeah, three three wins in three. Uh, but what are your thoughts on this group, and uh, what are your minimum expectations? Um, so minimum expectations, really, definitely, you have to. <laughs> there are no excuses. You have to come out of this group. Um, you know, we've been we've been quite fortunate to be handed. Uh, we've been. I think. I think the group we've been handed. You know, it's been. It's it's as it's as good a, it's as good a draw as you could have hoped for, you know, with uh, Ivory Coast, Equatorial Guinea, and Guinea Bissau, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean the the Ivory Coast the Ivory Coast game will obviously decide, or I expect that to decide, you know, who is going to qualify, who is going to qualify top of the group. Um, that that I wouldn't say that they are formidable like a team as they used to be in their heyday. Um, so definitely, um. With, with the, with the healthy dose of you know, with the, with the appropriate dose of pragmatism, I think we should definitely be able to come out, to come out of this group, um, with, at least on top of the group. Okay, so um, so um, looking at the draws for the, for the nations cup, right? There's a group that stands out, uh, not just one anyway. There are two groups that look like um potential groups of this. There's group E with Tunisia, Mali. South Africa and Namibia. There's also Group C with Senegal, Cameroon, Guinea, and Gambia. Um, group B is also interesting. Anyway, there's Egypt and Ghana, perennial rivals in the same group. Um, Chiki, do you want to call any favorites for the Nations Cup? Uh, do you want, uh, should I be patriotic or should I just? How do you, how do you want me to go? <laughs> Just say the way it is. Do you want do you want patriotism? Well, <laughs> to be fair, yeah. If I I I have no idea because so 
you know, Afcon is a different ball game. Afcon is not it's not the World Cup. It's not um, friendly games. It's not how these teams play. These teams come to Afcon and they become. You'll be playing against uh, Comoros and Comoros. You will sneak out a one-zero victory because once it gets to that stage, all of them just kind of shut up shop and is uh, back to the world football. So I I don't think I even have a personal out and out favorite for the Afcon. Obviously, we hope Nigeria will do well. Just give us something to be happy for. The country is hard. So, the, if the football is good, at least for that month of January, we'll be able to celebrate something. But yeah, if, I, if I was going to just use my brain, man, I, I, can't, I can't really go too far away from Senegal. And just because it's Senegal. But then even their group is not easy. So, I really do not know. I don't think I have a... I don't have an atmosphere, right? Honestly, going into it. Egypt and Ghana being in the same group is crazy. Nigeria and Kodiba being in the same group is... Oof. Then there is Senegal in the same group with Cameroon and Gambia. Those are not easy games. Tunisia, Mali, same group. They even gave Morocco, Zambia, and then Congo. None of these games are like straightforward. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see how the Afcon goes. I'm looking forward to it. Bayer, do you want to be braver than Tricky and call out the name with conviction? Definitely. Um, they, are, they are better teams. So if we're talking about from a Nigerian perspective, you know, they are definitely teams that have been together for a, for a lot longer than us. For example, the, the Senegal team, you know, the reigning champions, um, guys like Koulibaly, Mane, this is probably going to be their last tournament, or the last, or the, the tournament where they are the closest to what they were in their peak. I think those guys are post peak now, right? Um, so this is this is that this is that tournament where you'd expect that okay, one last one last hurrah for them, right? Um, you know, I think I think Ghana also have an interesting. I think Ghana also have an interesting team. Yeah, you know, in terms of in terms of talent available to them. Um, you know, guys like I guess they have headliners like you know, um, Kudus, Party. Um, they've got some young up and comers as well. Um, you know, uh, there's also in like yeah, Kamal Bin Suleiman, Inaki Williams. But Inaki Williams is goal shy. He's like a goal shy guy. You know. Um, Coincidentally, it's always the goal shy guys that always find a way to do it at the AFCON. To be fair. So their goal, their one goal will be so important because they'll probably score it in the quarterfinal or the, the semis. Also, Ghana is still trying to get in Ketia. As far as it doesn't play for England on Tuesday. So they are still trying their best to get in Ketia. So we'll see. Uh, he hasn't played a competitive game yet, yeah, so I mean, the FA literally came out to say they're still trying. So who knows? Yeah, yeah. I, I know they also tried to call up Hudson or Doyle um, for the World Cup, but I think he turned he turned them down. Probably still thinking he can play for England as well. Um, so those will be the two guys that those will be the two teams that I'll be watching out for. Um, Egypt, I don't, I don't, I don't know if Mohamed Salah. I don't know how much Mohamed Salah can do um, on his on his own. You know. Guys like Algeria as well, um, you know, with uh, Mares who has gone to Saudi Arabia now. I think a lot will also depend on Ismail Benassar's fitness. But obviously, like, the North American teams are always more tactically disciplined. I think they are usually the most tactically disciplined teams that have come. Um, so I, think, I don't think you can look further than guys like Algeria, um, Ghana, and Senegal in terms of. Who, who who goes on who goes on with the trophy? Uh, all right, fair enough. Um, like um, it's very very interesting because the team that I have the most in my mind, um, nobody has mentioned them so far. Even though Bio puts them in the North American bracket, so I'm looking out for Morocco in this Nations Cup. I feel like um, the government has um, they've invested a lot in their football. They've also got to the um, host for the next last for the next Nations Cup. They go to the semi-finals of the World Cup um, in December as well. They have a lot of um, talent on their books, as well as the um, tactical acumen that they benefit from by being um, in North America. Team. I mean, all of them are built in that same way and fashion. Right, so it's interesting, right, that they have um, an okay group. Um, DR Congo, Zambia, Tanzania. Remember, um, four best losers will be going through, so we're going to round off 16. So you probably need four points to get out of your group, and from there it gets to serious business. But Morocco is the team that I will be looking out for the most. 
Um, going over to Saudi Arabia, Ashley Ponta, a super falcon, scored a hat trick on a debut for Alitiad. Um, if I remember properly, at the World Cup, she played at left back. That's at the FIFA Women's World Cup. She played at left back. So it's very interesting to see a left back score a hat trick. Or does anybody know any other position that she plays in? That was no, literally good. So when I saw her with the match ball, I was like, wait. This babe scored a hat trick from left back. Interesting. Well, I mean, the good news is that our Falcons are flying, and me, I'm not complaining. I, I don't know about you guys. So, brief rundown from Nigeria Football Premier League. Um, we saw the first away win this season, week three, right? I think that's been an improvement in recent times. Typically, we all know that in the Nigerian Professional Football League, it's. Um, mostly the home sides that get to dominate but it, in just three weeks we've gotten the first away um win of the season we've gotten a couple of draws but remo managed to defeat Bayosa united 2-1 over the weekend i mean at some point they were 2-0 up and remember i think three weeks ago we spoke about um the natural progression of things where remo had finished third um two seasons ago second last season and they're looking to win it all this time around Chiki, do you think they are closer to winning the league than you thought they were at the beginning of the season? I mean, I haven't seen them for a couple of games now. Uh, wait, <laughs> I got. Maybe who are you talking about again, please? Remo Stars. Ah, uh-uh. ah, come on, that's three games in. Abba. They also, have, there's only one. So, you, so let me tell you why. Let me tell you why I mean. So yes, they are playing very well. I'm not going to. I'm not going to deny. From everything we've seen about them, they are playing really, really well. Which makes this weekend's um, upcoming game look very, very, very interesting. But there is a one. Thing I don't want to. And I mean, I'm, I'm. They're my neighbors, so I don't want to. Bengal insurance are 100 percent two of two, two wins, please. So I cannot jump up and say, uh, Remo have no, no, no. I can't do that. Bengal, my being people so, so <laughs> have a hundred percent record. So the conversation about Remo stars is mostly because before the start of the season. Right, where they already picked them as I mean the coach came out to say that um he expects his team to win the league or something in that line and it was mostly because they'd finished third two seasons ago, second last season and they were looking Oh no 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 I get I get that. I get where you're So it's not is. that they are excellent or what or they've been excellent or rather this season, right? You know how um even for newcomers are very are beloved sporting labels. It's three games in, one win, two draws, no goals considered and all of that. But we all know that it's the long game. It's just that when you start picking points away from home, and then this is, I mean, we're at the stadium for the Sporting Duma game, and you saw the reaction from the Duma United players at full time or so. Right? They were really celebrating their one point. So if you're picking three points away from home this early in the season, it might be a good sign for things to come on later in the season. Yeah, I, get, I get your point. I get your point about Remo, anyways. I just didn't want to. I didn't want us to keep talking about Remo, and I will not. Shout out to my people from Ben from Benin. Uh, but yes, all the best to Ben. Chike Chike is strictly Enugu Rangers. Bayo, do you have a team in Nigeria football? Program? Yes, second yeah. on the table. Thank you, thank you. Second on the table. <laughs> nah, man, I, I I don't have a team, so I'm I'm adopting Sporting Lagos for this year. Um, no, yeah, that's the thing. I'll catch a game. I mean, you have to you have to wreck where you where where you. I mean, you have to wreck your local team. So. So um, that, that this is my problem now. Bayo, I'm from Delta State. We don't have a, a good team in the listing now, but I'm taking Bendel because I mean Bendel is Bendel. Uh, uh, go, go, go and support us about Queens. Oh, and their name is Beniers now. Do you know that? What's that? Bendel. Like it's a, it's the name that your fans call them, Beninas now. Oh, really? So obviously I mean, yeah, uh, so I, I want to now see how they play. Once they come to Lagos, I'll go watch that game. I want to see how they play. Maybe there's their similarities. But I saw some of their highlights and they look good. So that's why I just didn't want to Bini, talk all about Bini, it. now makes a lot of sense. I mean, they couldn't cut it on the continent. I don't blame you. Who is on the continent? <laughs> who, else, who else is on the continent? <laughs> but yeah, nah. so Remo, Remo, Remo are doing very good, to be fair. I, I can't deny that. that. As I said before, I'm really looking forward to this weekend's game. I wish I could go see it, but I can't. Oh, I can tell you for free. I will be there. 
Yeah, so I'm really, really looking forward to the game. But I'll, 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 it should be uh, they're streaming Nigerian games now, so I should be able to, to catch it. All right, fair enough. All right, guys. Um, just to talk about the Nigerian athletics or Nigerian athletes in other sports. Dotin, I know you mentioned a few months ago that you were trying to get into more um, combat sports, just watching combat sports. Um, over this past weekend, Israel Adesanya, he mentioned that he was taking an extended break from fighting. He's 34 and he has a 24-3 and record, so that's a very, very good record. But I think the worrying part for him was that three of those losses have come in the last seven matches, or last seven fights rather and two of them saw him lose the middleweight championship to Alex Pereira and well he won it back in April and then lost it to Sean Strickland last month what are your thoughts on this decision to take an extended break and just focus on like probably healing not just physically but probably mentally and regaining his focus okay so um, I can't speak for Adesanya and his team but as far as I'm concerned the break is long overdue there's no reason why he you should be fighting so often, especially when you consider the toll that these fights take on their body, right? Um, I, I think it's, it's had seven, eight fights in the last, I think, 15, 16 months or thereabouts, right? It's it's supposed to slow down, especially at the um, at its current age, right? There's talk from Johnny Jones, and he was saying stuff about us congratulating Israel, basically saying that. Man, don't let anybody get to you. I've taken a break for three years, and the three years have done the best for me mentally and all of that. I mean, if you look around and see all the fighters that you consider in Israel's bracket, even Kamaru, even um, Khabib, even when McGregor was a big team, um, even the, the uh, Pereira, right? If you look at all the other guys, um, even Barbosa. Right. If you look at all of them, they manage to pick their fights and they give them the proper spacing. So it's not more of, is there a fight? I'll fight. Is there a fight? I'll fight. No. You have to pick. You have to. I mean, you're the champion. You make them come and hunt for you. You don't just pick any fight and see that. So I hope it, it, it takes his time out where well. he gets maybe personal time, family time, and all of that, and he keeps on training. So when he comes back to the to the um, octagonal, or how I hope he comes back. Right, it's not going to be a matter of oh, he has lost it. I want to see him back and better. Okay, I'm, and over the break, right, we saw um, another Nigerian Tedeke Yusuf go head to head against Edson Babuza. Right, I mean, I, I always see it behind closed doors that I'm like, I'm so is it envious or proud of these guys that fight in the UFC because I don't want to be in a cage with some of these guys. And now, if you look around the guys on the in the UFC at the moment, right? In as much as everybody is scary in their own right, Etim Babuza is an extra type of scary, right? You know, for someone to have this trademark um, over the head kick or whatnot, which was probably what even won him the fight on on Saturday night. Like he keeps on doing it to different opponents. There's no defense against it. There's no like it's full on brutally. It it, it gives um, vibes from. Something like a of Spartacus. It's is raw, is crude, and and uh, I mean I think Sadiq Yusuf gave uh, maybe a good uh, account of himself or whatnot. Obviously, he's not in the caliber of Kamaru or Israel yet. I don't know. He might get better. He might bet. He might. He might get um, better. Op better opposition in the sense that maybe people that he can beat. Because I think that Babuza was like a class above him on the night. Um, staying with Nigerians on the continent in, in athletics, um, Divine Oduduru, six year bar. Oof, I never expected that's a tough one. Um, six years is going to be a long time. Um, hopefully, maybe some kind of appeal or whatnot comes in, so it's not um, a big deal. Uh, I know that's one of, that's uh, one of our best printers in recent time. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's funny because, um, apparently, in the in the communication, you know, um, announcing announcing the ban, you know, it was said that this was also somehow linked to um, blessing Okagbe's uh, 
ban, you know, where, which happened a couple of years ago. Do you think it has and something to do with our training training routines or our national team camps? Maybe it's um at, at the time of Okabere's ban, you know, it was said that there was some sort of highly incriminating text and voice messages, you know, when she was picked up by when she was picked up by US customs and border protection. Um, you know. And so apparently, so I, I mean that 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 could possibly be it, right? Um, so they said uh, they said the the evidence against Odudu, you know, included WhatsApp messages between Okagbere and you know another athlete, you know, where they were soliciting for different substances on Odudu's behalf. Um, so um, I don't know if it's a federation, if it's a federation wide thing, but definitely between those two athletes you know so it really is unfortunate um that if, if his career were to i mean if this is what his career is, is remembered for um you know when when all is said and done yeah i actually agree with you because it's, it's going to be back at an age where there's no much he can make of his career anymore i mean we've seen worse things happen we've seen justin Gatlin come back at um 32-33 to win the world championships again but i mean what are the chances um okay so that'll be a wrap for the bed watch um stay tuned for the second section of the show all right welcome guys to the second part of the show first off we're recording Monday night and we just saw a breaking news about the game between Sweden and Belgium being halted Due to two Swedish fans being shot dead in Brussels before the game By some gunmen claiming to be ISIS members um, This is a developing story so we can't really give much details about that or further details but Thoughts and prayers to the families of those who were murdered and hopefully those behind it get caught um okay we'll be talking about uh, the manchester united news the ownership news that has been dominating the news over the past few days it might be the international break but that doesn't mean a stress-free weekend for manchester united fans so on saturday it was announced that Qatar's sheikh jassim had withdrawn his offer to buy the club which could have seen him clear the debt as well as upgrade the stadium and other club facilities uh, so now the truth is the issue of state ownership at club level is one that divides fans right some want it and some do not but one thing i believe that all manchester united fans want is the glazers gone but uh, that won't be happening at least not anytime soon so they've reportedly agreed to sell 25 percent of the club to sir jim radcliffe is a british multi-billionaire and owner of nice in france um, this deal apparently is going to see him take over the footballing aspect of the club uh bio can you break down what uh, the potential deal means for the club okay so like just like you said um you know it was a very it was a very eventful weekend for manchester united um saturday afternoon you know it it, it came out that sheikh jassim had withdrawn his bid um to buy the club to buy 100 percent of the club by the way and then a couple of hours later it emerged that um it, you know there was some sort of an agreement was close between um you know united shareholders and uh and Ineos, you know that, which is you know a petrochemical com a petrochemical um group you know that is all that is spearheaded by um sir jim ratcliffe um so I mean, it's 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 been it's been a long road to to this point. Um, if you remember the the um, the intention for the Glazers to attract new investments into the club was announced in November. There have been multiple bids. Um, it was expected that it was expected, you know, following the Chelsea, following the sale of Chelsea, the enforced sale of Chelsea, you know, that um, you know given that chelsea was able to go for about 2.5 billion pounds that united could easily do multiples of that and you know liverpool had also announced that they were also looking for a sale uh their owners were looking for a sale but then it turned out that um 
you know, the Glazers didn't get the, the, the level or the volume of beats they were expecting. Um, so they got maybe just they got two major offers to buy them out, and the rest were offers for minority stakes. And it was a long drawn out process, like I said. Um, the for example, it's been reported that you know Sheikh Jassim made as many as five or six bids, right? Um, and none of these none of these satisfied or were satisfactory enough to get the Glazers to part with the club. Um, on Jim Ratcliffe's part, or on Ineos's part, so basically, um, his his bid was more fav- favorable and had been you know had been favorable to the Glazers you know as far back as the April or May this year. Um, where he had offered to buy out four of the Glazer siblings uh, for a 59% stake in the club, um, let the two other siblings who are more active in the club, Joel and Avram Glazer, stay. Um, you know, but th- th- there, there were there were worries about um, potential legal challenges from minority shareholders uh, because the way United, um, the way United shareholding is structured is there. Um, there are class A shares and class B shares, right? Class B shares belonging to the Glazers and class B shares having, you know, 10 times the voting power of what the class A shares have. So, um, Radcliffe has been, has had to, he has had to retool his bid, um, to the point where he's, he's going to buy equal, equal, um, an equal value of shares, an equal value of A and B shares now, which will be more satisfactory. And then the um, the what what I mean at least what is being reported is that you know this is in view to um, taking majority control of the club within the next three years thereabouts and also immediately gaining control of the sporting structure. Uh, so it's also being reported anyway that the United Board is going to meet to formally consider this offer and you know either approve or turn it down. So that's where we are currently. Yeah, thanks for that breakdown. Um, like you said, uh, this is something that it feels like a long-term game plan for him. Um, I think if this was if this was um, about eighteen months ago, two years ago, I think lots of United fans would be happy with this move uh, because why it wouldn't have been the Glazers moving out completely, it would have meant that someone else would have been in charge of the footballing aspect of the club. Uh, but I think that a lot of them have been swayed by the potential uh, bid from the Qataris, which is now off the table. And I think that's why there's that reaction or that meltdown from the Manchester United fans, just knowing that they can't have the endless, uh, the bottomless pit of money that clubs like PSG and Man City are enjoying at the moment, that they're not going to enjoy that. But um, I think this might be a step in the right direction in a way. While it doesn't mean, like I said, or like we've said, the Glaciers moving out completely, but just having them uh, not be in control of the footballing aspect. Because reportedly, Sir Jim Radcliffe will be coming in with uh, Paul Mitchell, one of the well, one of the top sporting directors in Europe at the moment who has been on a break for a while now and is eager to return to to English football. He's done a lot of work with Southampton, uh, started off at MK Dons, Southampton, Tottenham, moved to, um, I believe, RB Leipzig, and then he worked for the RB, the, Re- the Red Bull group as a whole. And I think he also worked at uh, Monaco. So he's responsible for signing loads of players, just putting talents, people like Son, um, Dele Ali, Saido Mani, and all those people. So those are the potential people that are on the list to come into Manchester United and take over the sporting project um, if this is finalized, like you said, uh, because it's being considered and it's just a few days or probably a few weeks away from being finalized. Uh, what are your thoughts about this whole deal? And do you think that with the Glazers with their hands away from the sporting aspect of Manchester United, do you think that um, they can be able to return, maybe not to their dominant selves under under Alex Ferguson, but a very competent team that can push Manchester City for the title? Because when you look at a team like Arsenal, Arsenal has showed that with a little bit of competence, right, 
Manchester City can be challenged and I keep on saying yes Arsenal hasn't won anything and yes they've spent a lot but what Arsenal has right now is competency you see it with the manager in Mikel Arteta you also see it with um, with Edu and all those people right so it shows that with a little bit of competency Manchester City can be challenged and that's something that Manchester United hasn't had in a very long time right now it seems like uh, that's about to change despite the Glazers being majority share owner, shareholders of the club but what do you make of you know like I said this in this sale and do you think that this might mean Manchester United some good days ahead for the club um, okay so uh, the idea my personal is uh, I don't want to jump the gun right there are a lot of things that look like they will happen and a lot of things that look like they will not happen um, the first thing is um, seeding the footballing control to um, someone in quote with a footballing mind is in my opinion a step forward in the sense that we've seen over time that the Glazers are not exactly the best with footballing decisions and whatnot right so if somebody that is invested in the club so it's not just going to be an employee right it's going to be a part owner that is going to be um, running the football aspect of things so we should expect um, improvements in certain areas right but that's just one portion of what is um, the problem at United with in terms of ownership, right? Um, I feel like from what we can see as outsiders, yeah, there's a there's um, a lot of impropriety going on at the club, and it's mostly centered around um, the leverage structure that was used to um, acquire the club. Now, I assume that um, when businesses take on debts right the idea behind that is to um expand or enlarge your capacity now when you do that you you you're by virtue expected to make more revenue and when you make more revenue what you're supposed to do is to pay off your debts and so after the tenure of the facilities over you can revert to profit making or dividends or whatnot but what the glazers have done over the years is um they've managed to increase the debt um, portion by is it stretching out the repayment terms or repayment period or whatnot and while they're supposed to pay down some of these monies with um, the club's revenue they're taking dividends and they're enriching their pockets so if they continue to own majority that's the 75 percent i don't think any portion of that will change right i'm just Again, it's mostly with the information that we have. But if they're ceding total football control to one person, I mean, that means the football part should be sorted, right? And we still have the business part to be sorted. I mean, people always post pictures or videos of um, Old Trafford, that it's in a bad state, leaking roof, um, water everywhere, pipes, um, training facilities are not up to date and whatnot. Training so ground. I don't think, yeah, I don't think yeah. it's the football aspect or the people or the 25% ownership that would change that. Um, while I understand that a lot of United fans will probably be emotional because of the Qatar beat, I also think that business is not exactly done that way, right? Um, if the Glazers want to sell, the Qatar um, group have two options. Number one, they meet whatever um, requirements or whatever expectations the Glazers are being asked, right? Or they, in turn, offer value. What Sir Jim, Jim Ratcliffe has simply done is to offer value to the Glazers in the sense that, you know what, this footballing body, I'll take it off your hands and I'll also pay you a certain sum of money for that. Qatar's just expect the Qatar group are just expected United to fold and sell everything to them. Common sense is that in the next five years, United will be worth more than they are worth right now. So why would the Glazers sell if they don't get that proper value? So it's not like you're stronger mean them to sell something that is dep- I mean in the Chelsea case, there was no choice because the, the government had already seized all of Abramovich's properties or whatnot. But yet the Glazers can actually afford to stay. So it's more of let's see what's going to happen let's see how all these things will play out then uh, when information is available to the public then we can actually make informed decisions but based on the things we know so far uh, i think those are my thoughts on that
away from Manchester United this past week uh, Eden Hazard announced his retirement from football at the age of just 32 now of course he had a very terrible spell at um, Real Madrid I don't think he scored up to 20 goals in the entire what, what was it three years that he spent there four years uh, so that was a very very bad move for him but of course during his time at Chelsea he was a phenomenal player uh, tricky I'm going to ambush you with this question um, where would you rank Eden Hazard among the all-time greats in the Premier League or let me put it this way if you were to come up with your Premiership your favorite Premiership um, starting 11 would you have him in the first team or the second team or the third team just like the all NBA is would you have him first team second team or third team ah uh, this is all-time Premier League yes all -time. Uh, where you have the gigs and ah <laughs> the more the more I think about it, the more I put somebody in front of him. So like my head is just going, okay, no, he's not the first thing. Okay, no, he's not. Uh, who, who, who do you have in front of him? On that left, on that left wing, who are the players that you feel can give him nah, so I mean it's Eden Hazard though. I'm an Arsenal Hazard. fan. He was carrying team single hand. I'm an Arsenal fan. Uh, uh, so why I uh, that's no, why no, you no, put that aside with the question. I was just laughing. Someone that my last walking <laughs> memory of him is what he did to me in Baku. Like that was the last time I saw Hazard. It's as a Chelsea player, I was back. Come on now, but now let's away from me because I really can't. Well, okay. I, I, I spent the better mm. part of his best years arguing about him and Sanchez. So, I mean, this is not, hmm. this is not a well, I think he hazard was phenomenal. I think he trusts Sanchez now, yeah. No, right now, looking back at it, yes, but in the moment, what well, well, that was an argument to the death. But right now you are, you are, we are far removed from it. This is mm. years and years on. We can now look at it logically. I'm like, okay, Hazard. But yeah, so Hazard was phenomenal. I can't even deny that part. It was the talent. Some people still believe he didn't make, he didn't, he didn't hit the heights he was supposed to. A giant of that person they watched at Leo. But he won the Champions League, he won the league title, won the Europa League with Chelsea. I mean, what else would he have done? All of them in that belt. Did he win the Champions League? Oh, did he win? Oh shit! No, he didn't. No, he I think didn't. He, won he, the Euro. he didn't win the championship. He won. He won with Real Madrid. But he won with Madrid. Uh, no, but he was not. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, oh well, yeah. well, well. But he wasn't. Well, well. Everybody wins with Real Madrid. He won. He won. He won the Champions League with Real Madrid. Like um, Salif Salif Diao or was it Adama Traore? One of the Senegalese players won the Champions League with Liverpool that year. Jimmy Traore. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Chari actually played. Uh, oh no, it's like it's like exactly. no, you know the word. Yeah, it's like that last, time when uh, last, 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 remember when Stoke got half a line, and they were like, "Let oh. me just help you guys." Is is Ronaldo Delima in '94? Aha. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. He got he got the league title. He got the Europa League, which was mm. very big for Chelsea at the time. And he's still going to be remembered in Chelsea fondly, which to me. So when you talk about players, to me that's what to me that's what's most important. Like yes, the trophies are nice and everything. But I think if I was if, when I put myself in these shoes, if I was a footballer, I want to be able to retire and have a home, which is a longer conversation that I have with people about Van Persie. But that's a long conversation. But I want to be able to retire and have a home, and I think Hazard has that at Chelsea. Nobody remembers what happened at Madrid because he always had that at Chelsea. So he was a tremendous player. I'm happy that he decided to stop disgracing himself. Well, not disgracing himself, but like put point oil on his white clothes with his name. Like he's Eden Hazard. And the person I was watching at that Madrid for the, like the last two seasons was not Eden Hazard at all. I think he should have gone to the US, but I, maybe he just got tired of football. Who knows? Choki, what do you mean Van Persie doesn't have a home? Did you see the last time? I was about to say that. Did you see the last time you were can you see exactly you have a lot of things. You have a lot of things. This is exactly why I think you have a lot of things on your chest. Chuki, you have a lot of things on your chest to get off. And I'm the only outsider. So this is why I said it's a long conversation. No, oh, but it's not a long conversation. A person came to Old Trafford with his team, Fenerbahce, he scored a goal and 76,000 nah, he, he, he has a home. He has a home. And uploaded his goal. So if, if that's not home enough... Ah. No, nah, I mean, so, I mean, even a couple... Even this year, right, the second leg of the Europa League against Barcelona, right, 
Ah, I mean, while he was he was he was yeah. presenting on BT Sport and it was pitch side with Owen Hargreaves, you know, and it was him the fans were serenading, you know. So I, I think I think he has that part for that. Uh, all right, if you guys say so now, if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, that's the thing with Hazard. Chicky, you have a lot of things to say. I know you have a lot of things to say. <laughs> I will really, oh, have a therapy session just for you, just to get off, just to get things off your chest. No, so do you know what? Do you know, to be fair, let me not sound like let me not sound like a bit Arsenal fan because I know that that is a that is a thing. I'm really not. I do not have that thing where because I think I'm, I and Dotton have had that discussion before about how a lot of Arsenal fans like we, we don't like our old players, and it is not that the ones that left in that period. I really don't have anything against them. Where at the bios, what at the bios said? Oh, we should have even talked about. Oh, I mean, around the pod. And the bio coming out to say Asafa should forgive him. I mean, should have forgive him, forgiven him by now about what happened in when mm. he was at Manchester City. Yeah, I saw that. I, 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 I saw that. When the person was telling me that, oh, what do I feel about the bio? I was like, you know what? Until this moment that you mentioned the bio, I have not thought about the man and the bio. Like, this is not like a, a nursery thing. Like, I feel more pain. I felt mm. more pain about nursery than I did for the bio. To be fair, and then the video that came up over the weekend when he went to watch the city game at the Emirates, and then some fans were like abusing him. That's not yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like that. I understood, but Adebayo, like Adebayo, doesn't even come into my thinking. So I'm not that person. But with, with Van Persie, I I don't feel I was I was obviously I was hurt in the moment because ah that was 30 goals was walking out the door. Okay, moving from uh, moving away from Hazard because this Hazard just just went to Valpesi. Um, so we have some guys that have joined the host nation Germany, uh, to, uh, you know, at the Euros. So Spain, Portugal, Belgium, France—they've all sealed their qualifications, and of course Scotland, um, England's on the brink of qualification. I think Wales too; so they have a slim chance. Austria, they have a slim chance. Austria yeah, I was about to say Austria. Oh, Austria sealed Oh, okay. So Austria sealed theirs. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, so which one of these teams? I mean, it's it's, it's a long way from the I Euros. I still hate, I still hate Ralph Rodnick, but yeah, Austria qualified. Uh, I I don't know who you're talking about. That person doesn't exist to me. So I'll I'll just um, I'll skip over that. That guy doesn't exist to me. Like I said, Ronaldo. I mean, he's he's been scoring. Four goals in his last two games. I read somewhere that he's the first player to score at least 100 goals in three different decades. 202, 203 in the 2000s, then over 500 goals in the 2010s, and since 2020 he has scored 103 goals. He's now up to 827 international goals. That's just phenomenal. To be doing that at that age is something else. Guys, uh, what else do we have for? What else are looking forward to with the international break soon to be over and club football fast approaching? So to be honest, I actually have I have zero idea what games are what games are happening this weekend. Let me come back to you on that in a, in mm. a bit. So just so just looking at it now, I think we have like three well two games. There's Liverpool, Everton, Man City, Brighton. That's going to be a crazy one. Then it's Chelsea Arsenal. Um, I mean, so definitely, uh, I mean, funny, Liverpool Everton could be interesting because I mean, Everton have they've I think they've performed really well in the majority of their games, but you know they haven't they haven't had the they haven't had yeah they haven't had they haven't had things bounce their way or bounce for them. You know, up up until uh, possibly. I don't think Chuki agree with you. Well, Remember so, 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 possibly uh, the last two know, games. I'm, I know I'm the one that says Everton is going down, but I can't remember okay. Bio. They've not played bad. They just had bad results. Yeah, yeah. So you know. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think. I mean, from what I expect from Everton, they've not played bad at all. But they've had. Um, they've been wasteful in front of goal. They've considered cheap goals, and ultimately that will result into into bad results, right? Um, I also think that Liverpool will be. Um, is it one step too but it's going to be too much for them to handle anyway because you know um there's still there's still bonds from the sports defeat followed up with a draw at um brighton so they need to start racking up points and especially when you consider the head-to-head record between these two sides i think it's easy to see the way that one is going to end up 
Incidentally, Chiki, there's also AC Milan Juventus on Sunday. You, you know, the thing, Real Madrid as well. Yeah. You know the thing about Syria? One thing I always oh, say true, 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 one, true. One thing I always say about Syria is that, so at least going back to the time when, you know, they used to call Syria the Seven Sisters League, but like in the late, in, um, the late 80s to the late 90s where Syria was extremely strong, you know, and they used to break transfer, yeah. they used to be the ones breaking transfer records. Even till now, any given weekend, you will see, you will see fixtures, you will see at least one fixture between competent or big or formerly big Syria teams, you know, whether it's Fiorentina, Lazio, Napoli, Juventus, Inter, one of those teams will be playing each other at some point. So yeah, this, this weekend is Juventus versus yeah, AC Milan. And so yeah, we'll see if AC Milan can, it will be interesting to see if they can maintain their spot at the top of Syria as well. Um, so yeah, that should also be interesting. Really looking forward to that Arsenal Chelsea game. I don't know for some reason I think that's going to something special is going to happen there because I don't think Chelsea has had it. Chelsea haven't beaten Arsenal in a very long time and Arsenal they, they look very deadly right now. But uh, this season so far, it, um, it feels like yeah, yeah, it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. Sneaky one zero or something. Oh, okay. So because off the top of my head, right? I thought there was a. Since I think last year or two years, look, it wasn't last year, it was two years ago, where Lukaku and Rashford scored or something like that. Uh, but I, mm. I, I, I yeah, that was, the that was that. Oh yeah, that was uh, yeah. Lukaku's debut. Yeah, mm. no, it was not the COVID. Yeah. No, no, as in what I mean, like, COVID, yeah, you know, that was the match that Arsenal found out like an hour before the game that their players had COVID and Premier didn't let them cancel. That's why it's like the COVID year in my head. It was that season? Uh, it was Brentford okay. that mm. happened. So Brentford, Chelsea came in the after Brentford. Mm. So they were still dealing with it. Oh, okay. And it's just. Oh, okay. And then, oh, oh God. Fabio Mari. Man. Fabio Mari. <laughs> we suffered, man. We suffered. We've seen things. But yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to the game. The Chelsea game. Oh, come on. So I, I also think that would be. Um, for the people that thought um, the Arsenal City game was boring because it was close. I think this game is going to go exactly that same route. I think two of them are going to be very careful. It's going to be one of those 12-round boxing matches where everybody is just sparring the opponent. That's surprising. Or, or I, don't, I don't think so at all. Um, but I oh, that's, what th- that's what I think. I just, I'm hoping for maybe an early goal or something extravagant from the start so it will open all windows. Do you understand? Because that type of game, the longer it remains at 0-0, Everybody just wants to stay here at one point let me, and be happy. Let me, let so I want something to start up. Okay. Let me try and explain why I don't think it should be the same. Because against City, City was a... Um, once beaten twice shy thing for Ateta or for Arsenal. They tried last year when we were flying, we tried to play City how we play everybody else. Like Because Ateta felt like, oh, our football was good enough to play City. And then they, they washed our eye. So coming to this season, he decided, you know what, will be more structured, less, of, I mean, the can helps, obviously, but like, basically, let's, we're not running at anybody, keep it tight, see if you can get a goal, keep it tight, I do not believe he's going to give Chelsea that much respect, not because Chelsea is not a good I mean, team, but, but just because, for that, for that City Arsenal, for that City Arsenal game, yeah, I think it was more the fact that City themselves were pretty conservative, given the number of players they were actually missing. No, no, both, ah. both teams were. Mm-hmm. So Dutton's argument is that he thinks the Chelsea game will be the same, that Chelsea will try and be structured, that's not be structured. And my argument is, I don't think it will be the same because I do not believe that Ateta looks at Chelsea team with the same fear he looks at City, which means he will try and dominate. Now, mm. I would have been very surprised, or I, I was hoping this is an away game at Stamford Bridge. I thought we'd see the same midfield from City game. But with, I think Ghana are playing on Wednesday, and they are playing in the US. And Arsenal are playing Chelsea on Saturday, so I do not see how Party gets back. Uh, I, sorry, I'm not sure Party will start that game, and I don't know if he'll play Georgie against Chelsea if he's going to do the same thing. But I can see Ateta trying to dominate this game. Like, not he wants to hold the ball and pin Chelsea back. But we'll see. We'll see Saturday. All right, guys, that's going to be it for this show. Um, thanks for listening. Please share, subscribe, leave a review and follow us on all social media platforms.
also i don't know who is topping our fpl group i think i have to check there i mean obviously it's not me if not i'll have known by now but uh if you have not joined you can join the fpl group and like i said follow us on all social media platforms to keep the conversation going see you guys next week cheers <laughs>